you for the privilege that we are here to listen to your word. We pray that this word will come, Lord, and fulfill the purpose for which it was sent. You say your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. The entrance of your word brings light and it gives understanding to the simple. Show yourself strong in this place, my Father. Receive glory and bless your people. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This morning I want to talk to you on the topic, praying through prophecy. Praying through prophecy. Like you were saying in the announcement, God kept impressing this message in my heart this morning. And I feel like it is a message that was designed for you to hear. So, the message that I was supposed to preach for our deliverance service, I'm going to preach that message next week. So we are going to actually have that deliverance service next week plus our communion all together. Hallelujah. Praying through prophecy. Last week I spoke about the three dimensions of praying. And we said the first dimension was asking. Asking has to do with just asking for things that you want from God. You ask for food, you ask for money, you ask for clothing, you ask for... You just keep asking. That is the first dimension. Because in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, the Bible says, Ask, and it shall be given. Then it goes further to say, Seek, and you shall find. Then it says, Knock, and it shall be opened. So the first dimension is asking. The second dimension is seeking. This is the dimension where you've gone from asking. Now you are being curious about God. You want to know more about God. You want to have more revelation about what God is doing in, in the earth, in your life, and his plan. Then he moves to the third dimension, which is where this message finds its relevance, is knocking. This is where you are no longer interested in asking, or no, no, not even like you're not interested, is that you've grown past the level of asking. Now you've known the Lord, and now you want to be included in his plan. You are no longer saying, oh God, bless me. You are saying, oh God, show me who to bless. This is the level that we're talking about this morning. And so, when we read this text, you have to understand that prophecy is something that is widely misunderstand, misunderstood today. Anytime people think about prophecy, they think about prophecy like somebody calling you out, telling your telephone number, and saying, I know your, your father's name, I know your mother's name. This is what they know about prophecy. But prophecy actually has two dimensions. The first dimension about prophecy is to foretell, which is when somebody can predict future events. Like when somebody says, in 2020, there will be a new president in this country that is not Donald Trump, I'm just kidding. Right? That is a prophecy. That is what? Foretelling. Then there is a second dimension of prophecy, which is speaking forth. To speak forth which is actually to speak the word of God with power. In Joel chapter 2, verse 28, the Bible says, And afterward I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Now the word prophesy in this context is the Greek, the Hebrew word naba. Naba actually means to speak the word of God with power. It means I'm not foretelling future events. I'm taking the word of God that I already know and I speak it forth with power. That is the prophecy we are talking about this morning. So when Ezekiel was prophesying in this text, he was speaking the word of God as he heard with power. When you look into the scriptures we just read this morning, 
Ezekiel said he was in the spirit. And God took him in the spirit to a valley filled of bones. Just to let you know that this text is not a literal text. It's a figurative text. Because when some people preach about this text, they make it seem like there was an actual valley that was filled with dry bones. This was a vision that was showing the lost condition of the people of Israel. It was showing their hopelessness. The state at which they had gone, they were totally disconnected from God. They had lost connection with God, almost like bones that are disconnected from the skin that has no flesh. This was a condition about, this, this passage illustrates the condition of the people of Israel. So Ezekiel said he was in the spirit, and the Lord took him to this valley that was filled with bones. And the Lord asked him, Son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, Lord, only you know if these bones can live. And in God's response to Ezekiel, God is making Ezekiel to know that the answer to this problem is not me. The answer to this problem is you. Because Ezekiel thought that God was going to change the situation. But God said to Ezekiel, you have to prophesy for something to change. You know, sometimes we come to God, we say, oh God, do something. And God is saying, I want you to do something. We say, oh God, do something in my family. Do something in my business. Do something in my career. God says, no, I want you to do something. I gave you the authority to do something. It is not in my place to do something. Like somebody said, God cannot come on the earth and do anything without a man. If Jesus wanted to save the world by himself without needing a body or any woman, Jesus could just jump on the surface of the earth, appear somewhere, and then save everybody or start preaching. But Jesus needed the body of a woman in order to be born as a human being because spirits don't have access. Spirits are not legally permitted to operate on the surface of the earth without a body. That is why for a demon to operate, the demon has to possess somebody in order to operate. Spirits don't just walk into your house or your family and do something. What spirits will do is that they will possess somebody in your family. Then through that person, they bring disorder in that family. Because spirits are not allowed to just operate in the air. They need a body to live. That is why they possess people. So, the Lord said to, to Ezekiel, it is you who has an answer to this problem. Prophesy. And the Bible says, God gave Ezekiel the word to prophesy. And Ezekiel said, as I was prophesying, the bones were coming together, bone to bone. And then flesh covered their skin. And then after they were covered, there was still no life. And Ezekiel was still expecting the Lord to do something about the, the, the bones that came together and the bread that, the, the skin that had no life. But the Lord said to Ezekiel again, prophesy unto these bones. Prophesy to them and let life come into them. And the Bible says, as he prophesied, breath came into them and they rose up and a great army. Hallelujah. This morning, I am talking to you on the topic, praying through prophecy. If you are going to pray through prophecy and see results in your prayer, there are things you must understand. Number one, you must be in the spirit. Verse one, Ezekiel said, the hand of the Lord took me in the spirit. So in order to pray and see, if, and see your prayers answered, you must be in the spirit. Prayer is a spiritual activity and must only be done in the spirit. Trying to pray without the spirit is like trying to make a fish survive out of water. It's like taking a fish out of water and trying to make the fish survive. 
the fish will not survive because fish is only meant to live in water. So for prayer to be effective, that prayer must be done in the spirit. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weaknesses. When we do not know what we ought to pray, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with endless groanings. In other words, the only way, the only means in which our prayers become effective is if we pray in the spirit. If we pray, pray in the flesh, that prayer is not answered. You must be in the spirit. That is why, as a child of God, you must spend most of your time speaking in tongues than praying in English. Because when you pray in tongues, you are praying the exact thing that you need to pray. When you are praying in your human understanding, you are praying what you think, you are praying what you imagine. But when you pray in tongues, you are speaking the exact vocabulary that angels understand. You are addressing the exact need to your problem. You must learn to pray in the spirit. Number two, if you are going to pray through prophecy and see your prayers answered, you need to be in an environment of prophecy. Now, the reason why some people cannot function in their giftings the way they ought to function is because of the environment where they are. Now, take for example, somebody was complaining and said, Pastor, I have a gift. But in the church where I go, they don't accept this gift. I say, they leave the church. If you have the gift of prophecy and the church where you go does not allow prophecy, you will never function in that gift in that church because the environment does not allow prophecy. If you maybe are a person who sees dreams, you, you interpret people's dreams, you see visions, and then you give people messages in your, through your visions, and then maybe you're a member of a church where they don't accept those visions in that church, there is no way your gift can grow in the church that those gifts are not accepted. So for you to pray through prophecy and see those prayers answered or be able to pray like you ought to pray, you must be in an environment of prophecy. You cannot hang out with the people who don't encourage what you're doing and expect to grow in what you're doing. Take, for example, like I was saying, if you are an evangelist and you look for a mentor who is a prophet, you will never grow in your evangelistic gifting because the person you submitted to to help you does not have the, the, the grace or the ability to make you grow in that gifting that God has given to you. So if you are going to prophesy and be effective in your prophecy, you have to be in an environment that allows your gift to manifest. The Bible talks in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 10. When Saul went to meet Samuel, to meet Samuel after his father's donkeys were missing. And then the servant of Saul said to Samuel, let, let us go. He said to Saul, let us go to Samuel, the man of God. He will surely tell us the whereabouts of these donkeys. But little did he know that the missing of the donkeys was God's design in order to bring Saul to the place where he be anointed as king. When Saul arrived at that place, Samuel anointed him as king. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 10, it says, When he and his servants arrived at Gibeah, a procession of prophets met him. The Spirit of God came upon Saul powerfully, and he joined them in their prophesying. Saul was not a prophet, but when he entered the company of prophets, he started prophesying. If you belong to a prayerless company, your prayer life cannot grow. If you want your prayer life to grow, you need to hang around prayerful people. That is where you get connected to the spirit and the grace of prayer. The third thing, if you are going to grow and pray through prophecy and see results in your prayer, 
You need to hear the voice of God. God said to Ezekiel, prophesy to this bone and say to them. So there was a, a specific word that God was giving to Ezekiel to prophesy to these bones. When it comes to praying through prophecy, you cannot just be praying and saying anything you want to say. You have to pray the exact thing that the Lord is telling you. You have to pray the exact thing that God is giving you for the situation. You need to be able to hear the voice of God. I'm surprised that Mama was using a, a, a description of something that I wrote in my notes. And the, uh, what I said in my note was, could it be that the prayers you, you, you pray, God has already answered? And I said, it's like a mother, a child goes to the mother and says, Mom, I'm hungry. And then the mom says, food will be ready soon. And the child gives, Mom, I'm hungry. If you are the mother, you get offended because you've already told the child, wait, food will be ready soon. So maybe you are praying for prayers that God told you, hey, I'll give you this in 2019. But you are still praying about the same thing. You are fasting about the same thing because you cannot hear the voice of God. Prayer is communication. Communication means you speak and then God speaks. So if you pray, what did God say? You've been praying, what did God say? What did God say about the thing you've been asking for? What did God say about your marriage? What did God say about your job? What did God say about your family? It means when you pray, you should be able to hear what God is saying. So you just walk into prayer, you pray, 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 you talk, talk, you say, well, I pray. You pray, yes, what did God say? Many of us pray like that, we don't know exactly what God has said. That is why we keep praying over and over, over even for things that God has already answered. Like I told you some time in the past, God speaks in many ways. God speaks through his word, his written word, the Bible. The written word that we have, the Bible that we have, is how God is speaking. So when you open your Bible in the morning and you read, that is God talking to you. You don't need a prophet to come to you and say, "Thus says the Lord, God is saying, this, this is for today. Every scripture that you read in the morning, personalize that scripture, that is God talking to you. God speaks through his spoken word, like I'm preaching this morning, is God talking to you. God speaks through dreams. Sometimes God will give you a dream, and that dream is a message that God wants to give to you. God speaks through prophecy, like I said. A man of God walks in and says, Thus says the Lord. This is what God is saying concerning your family, concerning your children. God speaks through signs. I always pray that you don't get to the level where God has to speak through, through a sign. Like God was speaking to Jonah through a sign. Because God spoke to Jonah through his word, God, Jonah did not listen. And God had to speak to him through a sign, and it was horrible. If God says, my son, I don't want you to go to D.C. tomorrow, and you don't hear, the next thing God may do is give you a tire puncture on, on, on 495, because you can't hear his voice. So he has to use signs to talk to you. Don't get to the level where you are so deaf that God has to speak to you through a sign. Because sometimes the things he will use to communicate what he wants to say to you may not be pleasant to you. And lastly, God's Second to the last, God speaks through impressions. Sometimes you don't hear the voice of God, but you have a feeling. I just feel like I should do this. I just feel like I shouldn't go out today. God speaks to you through impressions. And lastly, God speaks through a gentle voice. We all need to pray that God grant us the grace to go to that level where we can hear his voice. Where you can be walking and you actually hear God speaking to you. Amen. If you are going to grow in your grace to pray through prophecy... You need to be able to know the word of God. You need to know the word of God. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12. Jeremiah said, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen correctly. For I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. God does not listen to crying. God does not listen to grumbling. 
God does not listen to uh, complaining. What God listens to when you pray is his word. What God listens to act upon when you pray is his word. Some people come into God's presence and they spend their time crying. They share tears. You know, they share tears to the point that they get exhausted. And then after they share all these tears, nothing is still answered. But what God listens to when you pray is his word. The efficiency of your prayer life depends on how much of God's word that you know. Let me say it again. The effectiveness of your prayer life depends on how much of God's word that you know. So if you come into God's presence and all you do is complain, 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 but you don't remind God of his word, nothing is going to change. Praying without the word of God is like sending a letter without an address. You write a beautiful letter, maybe to a friend, maybe to your mom, and there's no address. The letter will never be delivered to the address, to the person, because there was no address to take the letter to the destination. So it is only the word of God that takes our prayers to heaven because God is watching over his word to bring it to accomplishment. Now let me get practical because I've been talking and some of you are looking at like, what is pastor really saying? What does it mean to pray through prophecy? Let me quote an incident that happened to me some years ago. We went to preach somewhere, I'm afraid. We got there that night. The prayer program we had was an all night. So we left the house around 9, 10 o'clock in the evening to be in the prayer program that was going to last all night. We had a wonderful time of prayer. Coming back in the morning, we saw the door open. And when I saw the door open, I saw the back, my back, all my clothes and everything that I brought was taken away. My friend's back was empty. And this program is supposed to last for a couple of days. If all the clothes that I brought to wear in this program is taken, what am I going to wear the next day? Everything taken away. But then the scripture came to our heart. Like I'm saying, when you pray through prophecy, what are you doing? You are speaking the word of God with power. In Zechariah chapter 5 verse 2, the Bible says, he asked me, that's God talking to Zechariah, he said, what do you see? He said, I answered, I see a flying scroll, 20 cubits long and 10 cubits wide. Verse 3, he said, and he said to me, this is the curse that is going out over all the land. For according to what he says on one side, every thief will be banished. According to what he says on the other, everyone that swears falsely will be banished. So there is a weapon in the Bible called the flying scroll that is responsible for arresting thieves. And we held our hands together. We said we release the flying scroll over any thief that came into this room in the evening. In the name of Jesus, we prayed, closed our door, and slept. In the morning, the back and everything that was stolen was in front of our door. I mean, the back, everything that was stolen overnight, they brought it back. Why? Because we had released the word of God with power. But we came and said, oh God, you know, they have taken all our clothes. What are we going to wear tomorrow? The thieves would have gone. But because we knew the word of God concerning the situation, that thief was arrested. If you go further in that same scripture, in verse 4, it says that this flying scroll is going to stay in the house of the thief until everything in the house is consumed and destroyed. It means if somebody steals from you, you don't need to go about threatening people. Like when I was in Cameroon, you see people that don't even know the road to the native doctor. They're like, you know me? And they are, they are threatening that they will do something. And they will do nothing. 
They just threaten the whole quarter. Si je pas au village and they say all these things, they will never do anything. And nothing really happens. But when you know the word of God and something happens, you know the right thing to pray. Hallelujah. For example, let me show you another thing. How do you pray for a wife or for a husband? And you're praying through prophecy. Now, for you to pray through prophecy, like I said, you need to know the word of God. So when I'm praying, I need to look for a scripture that ties to my situation. Because the scripture is a weapon. The Bible says the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Meaning when I'm praying for something, I look for a scripture that applies to my situation. And I come before that and say, oh God, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. The Bible says, so God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. Then he said, therefore, he that was created with me, the one that was created with me, wherever you are, I command you begin to come. Because you understand from the scripture that when God created me, he created another woman with me. When God created you, he created another man with you. Now you are praying from the word of God. The Bible says God created me, male and female. Therefore, wherever my female partner is, wherever my male partner is, in the name of Jesus, begin to come. Now you are praying the word of God. But what do we pray? We come to God, oh God, you know, I'm getting old, all my friends are married. Nothing is changing. You see my friends that went to high school together? They all married. You see my friends, they all have children. God does not listen to complaints. What God listens to is his word. You come before God in prayers. You speak God's word back to him. You say, Lord, this is your word. It is written. This is what is written concerning me. As you decree these things out, this is what angels are waiting to hear. One man of God said that, uh, in a poem, he said, somebody went to heaven. And after he arrived heaven, he saw all the, all the angels sitting down so bored. They were so bored, like, you know, like nothing going on. And the man said he was so surprised because he thought that in heaven, it was just going to be worship, worship, and praises. And then he, he asked the, uh, the angels, asking, How are you doing? Welcome. How is the earth? And he said, we, job, we are just jobless. We are applying for jobs, no jobs on the earth. I'm glad I'm here finally just to stay and worship the Lord. And the angels also responded to the guy that we are just here to jobless, nothing to do. And he was so surprised that, How can you angels be jobless? I thought you guys are just supposed to be here worshiping the Lord. And the angel said, No. We are here assigned. And so when the Bible says, I will give angels charge over you, we are the angels that are giving charge over Christians. And we are waiting to hear God's word from their mouth so that we can act upon the word that they speak, but they don't say nothing. So that's why we are just here all day doing nothing. So if they don't say anything, we don't do nothing. So what does that mean? God has assigned angels to take care of you. But those angels don't act on complaints. They don't act on your tears. They don't act on your grumbling. When they hear the word of God from your mouth, then it puts them to action. Hallelujah. So if you learn to speak God's word over every situation, then things begin to change. How do you pray for a business? Maybe you have a business that is struggling and you want to pray. You look for the word in Psalms chapter 1 verse 3. The Bible says the person is like a tree planted in by the streams of water, which yields a fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Listen to the last part. Whatever they do, prosper. This is the word of the Lord. He said, blessed is a man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in the seat of sinners. He said, but it's like a tree planted by the riverside. And whatever he does, prosper. 
This is what God is saying about me. Therefore, this business shall prosper in the name of Jesus. I decree that my business will prosper. I decree that whatever I touch shall prosper. I decree that this week, as I do my business, I shall prosper. I shall attract customers in the name of Jesus. Whatever I do will yield profit. I will not labor in vain in the name of Jesus. This is how you pray. You don't go pray, oh God, you know my house rent is due. If I don't just get this money to pay this bill at the end of this week, they may kill me out of it. They will kick you out because God does not listen to complain. And then when they kick you out, they say, oh God, why me? Because you didn't pray the way you were ought to pray. This would have said, praying true prophecy. You speak God's word out with power. Hallelujah. How do you pray for the sick? How do you pray when somebody is sick or you are sick? You look for a scripture that applies to your situation. You go to Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5. The Bible says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. Thus says the Lord, I am healed. Thus says the Lord, you are healed. In the name of Jesus. You begin to prophesy God's word over that situation. You prophesy God's word over that person you are praying for. Thus says the Lord, my mother, you are healed. My son, you are healed. My brother, you are healed. My friend, you are healed. According to the word of the Lord. You take the word of God and speak it back to the person. You say, but he was bruised for your transgression. You are talking to the person now. He was bruised for your transgression. He was crushed for your iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his stripes, I decree to you, son of God. I decree to you, woman of God. I decree to you, my mother. I decree to you, my sister. You are healed. You are speaking God's, God's word in the, into the situation. But when you come before somebody that is sick, and you say, oh God, look how this person has lost weight. Look how they are, they, they are looking. Please do something. They will die. Because God does not listen to complain, like I said. God listens to his word. When you begin to speak God's word, you begin to bring God into the situation. Hallelujah. Remember when Jesus was tempted by the devil. And the devil took Jesus to a high mountain. After Jesus had fasted. And the devil said to Jesus, If truly you are the son of man, I know you are hungry. Turn these stones into bread. What did Jesus say? It is written. His response was, it is written. And then the Satan took Jesus again to a high mountain. and said, look at the city. If you can only worship me, I'm going to give you all this city. And what did Jesus say? It is written. The only thing that overcomes is the word of God. Your tears cannot overcome. Your complaining cannot overcome. Your murmuring cannot overcome. How you feel cannot overcome. What overcomes every situation is the word of God. Once you begin to speak the word of God into the situation, you begin to command things to change through the word of God, then you are going to see results. You are going to see your prayers answered. In the name of Jesus. How do you pray, for example, as a woman? Maybe you want to pray for a woman that is about to deliver. He's going to the labor room. You look for a scripture, like I said, and apply to the situation. You go to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. The Bible says, But women shall be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, holiness, with propriety. You come and say, Thus says the Lord. Women shall be saved in childbearing. I decree over you, no harm shall befall you in that labor room. In the name of Jesus. As you go to, to this labor room, you shall be saved. No knife will be used on you. In the name of Jesus. No complication shall, be, shall arrive on you. In the name of Jesus. You begin to decree the word of God 
into the situation. But you come before the Lord, you start saying, oh God, you know how my mother gave birth and she died. My sister gave birth and she also died. Please have mercy on my sister. She may also die. Because God does not listen to crime. God listens to his word. You quote God's word. It's like when a lawyer goes to court, you are a criminal and you have a lawyer to defend you in court. The lawyer does not say, well, you see, this brother just came from Cameroon. He doesn't know the law. Please have mercy on him. You go to jail. But this is how the lawyer speaks in court. They say, according to article this, this, this of the constitution, they quote the constitution to the judge. And all the judge listens to is to see that what the lawyer is quoting is applicable to the criminal situation. That's what they do and they set many of the criminals free. Like somebody takes a gun and shoots somebody. And the lawyer goes to court and says, according to article this, 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 this person was mentally deranged. And according to this article, we cannot put him to jail when he has a mental problem. Then the judge says, okay, case dismissed. Why? Not because the judge was merciful for the person. Because the constitution of the country was brought into effect. What God listens to is the constitution of heaven. You say, God, as I go this morning to deliver, as my sister goes this morning to deliver, as my cousin goes this morning to deliver, according to the constitution of heaven, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, it says, women shall be saved in childbearing. Therefore, according to this constitution, we are not allowed to die in the labor room. We are not allowed to suffer in the labor room because the constitution that governs our life says, we shall be saved in childbearing. This is how you speak God's word. That is how you pray through prophecy. No harm shall come upon me in this labor room. My labor room shall become my favor room. You begin to decree. This is how you pray through prophecy. I say this because, like I said in the beginning, what makes your prayer powerful is the word of God. The amount of the word of God that you pray is what makes your prayer powerful. That's why you must begin to study the word of God. You recite the word of God. Sometimes you face a situation. You come back in the house. It looks like there's a confusion in your family. Things are going on. You take your Bible, open to Psalms 23, start reading. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie and you begin to read the scriptures back to God. And say, God, this is your word. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup run over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Therefore, Lord, I know, even though my job is shaking, even though my family is shaking, even though this country is shaking, I shall not be moved because they that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion that cannot be shaken. Hallelujah. You pray God's word back to him. You don't come crying, complaining. God will not listen. This morning, as we begin to pray, I don't know what exact need you have. I want you to look for something in your life that is a need, something you want God to do today. Find a scripture and attach to that thing. And we're going to pray the scriptures out to God. Hallelujah. I don't know what is it that you need. But look for a scripture, something that you need and you want God to answer. I'm going to give you some time. Think about that thing. What scripture in the Bible relates to that thing? We're going to pray that scripture out. Because God, can we stand on our feet? That is what God wants us to hear. That's what God wants to hear from us. When we pray the scriptures, we pray the scriptures. 
And this is another thing I want you to do is this. After we pray the first prayer come by ourselves, we are going to pray two two. And you pray for your neighbor, your neighbor will pray for you. Amen. If you need help with your scripture about your thing, you can ask me, I'll give you a scripture. <laughs> Maybe your car has a transmission problem. I'll give you a transmission scripture <laughs> that you can use in that situation. Hallelujah. Think about something. What is it that you need God to answer? What is it that you need God to answer? Is it because as I was prophesying, the bones came together bone to bone. As you prophesy this morning, whatever is wrong in your life shall be fixed in the name of Jesus. As you prophesy this morning, whatever is wrong in your family shall be readjusted in the name of Jesus. As you prophesy this morning, whatever is wrong in your career shall be fixed in the name of Jesus. As you prophesy this morning, whatever is missing in your life shall come to you in the name of Jesus. What is it you need from God? What is it you need from God? What is it you need God to do for you? If you have your, your, your need and your scripture, let me see your hand up. If you have your need and your scripture, let me see your hand up. If you know your need. Maybe in the course of preaching, I mentioned your scripture. If you have your need. Hallelujah. Now let's just thank God together for what God is doing in our lives. What God is doing today in our midst. Open your mouth and just thank him. Thank him, thank him. Give him praise. Give him glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Rock of Ages. We bless you for all that you've done today. Receive glory. Receive honor. In the name of Jesus.